Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 55 of Casual Watch Talk, and we're back again in glorious Technicolor in video. So, so clean, so smooth, so so smooth. I cleaned up a little bit. I know, I had, to, I had to tidy my background. Yeah. So last week, for the audio listeners, we did an experiment where we did a video and we uploaded it to the YouTube channel, and it got really good feedback, which yeah. was a surprise to me and Chris. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> That's good. No, we and also, really appreciate it. People also it. instant feedback. So for those of you uh, podcast listeners only, because sometimes, you know, you just I don't sometimes I would just listen to it, you know, uh, two two good things. One is if you want to get instant comments to us, that's the way to do it. So hit us down in the comments uh, on YouTube for this for this podcast. And the other thing is, uh, as was pointed out in the comments last time, uh, just to being able to see everything and see what we're talking about, see all the watches that we mentioned on the show, and it's definitely important. Absolutely. So we'll have to be cognizant that we still have audio listeners as well. So I'll that'll be you can chastise me in yeah. the comments if I don't um, if if we start talking video stuff and not and we're not right. playing not on audio. We we'll just have to remember. But anyway, right. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, it's been. A long time since we did this, Chris, but yes. Chris is now thinking, bring back the legendary wristwatch check, because <laughs> now we're in video. We're in video mode. Right. I think it, yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> well, then, I mean, it's only fair that you go first, then. All right. Um, well, I am wearing my Bell & Ross uh, BRV2. I will take it off to show the crowd. Uh, this is my very, very known... Uh, Bell and Ross GMT. Uh, this is my everyday. I have it on the bracelet. Uh, been wearing it everywhere. Uh, it's been kind of rainy cold. I don't know. We've talked about this in the past. Uh, when it when it when it kind of gets that way here, I I prefer like a bracelet and not uh, not any obviously no leather and no. When it's cooler out, I like leather. But you know, when I know it's going to rain here, you know, just you know something I can rinse off in the sink or shower. Yes. Yeah. No, great choice. Um, I am wearing a new one. Um, My wristwatch check is a new one, which is the Marathon. This is the mid-range Marathon Diver 41 millimeter. I think it's called the, is it called the T-SAR or the G-SAR or something? And this is a quartz marathon from 2006. I bought it on eBay last week. I think I talked about it, didn't I, on the podcast last week? A little bit, yeah. Teased it a little bit, yeah. Actually, for our audio listeners, it looks looks the part. It looks like a tactical uh, military field watch that if you get into a pinch... You, you could you could you know hammer nails with or you know bash bash something <laughs> yeah and it's it's definitely if you're interested in this watch i think there's definitely a lot of mysteries around it like is it too big and for a 41 millimeter watch case size dimensions yeah. it does seem on smaller than its 41 millimeter dimensions it fits really well it is thick yeah but it's not 
if you look at it from the side, you're like, oh my God, that's a thick watch. But when you're wearing it, you don't, I mean, probably because it's quartz as well, you don't feel it. Doesn't have the top heavy problem like some of the uh, Squally cases. Like that Squally I had that Mm -hmm. time. Right. Or Squall. I should have took more footage of that before I sold it, but I was just, you know how annoyed I was. I was like, I just got to sell it. because uh, get this out of the house. (laughs) Yeah. That was a really, anyway, we were going off on a tangent again, like um, that. But one of the things. In this case, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't affect it. Is it like, it's like 13 mil? Yeah, I I think it's like. Yeah. 13 mil yeah. i think for i'll just yeah. hold it up to the camera there yeah um one of the things i thought you might find interesting about it was it's 2006 i would bet that the tritium's less than half life on it right yeah compared to that luminox i had now the luminox wasn't bright but you could see it when you went into a dark room you could see it whereas this one you your eyes really have to adapt to the dark for you to really okay. see it okay so I'd say it's probably less than half of what the... Which yeah. I suppose is interesting, really, if it's like half-life of 25 years, but that's 2006. Yeah, and it might depend on the technology that, you know, at the time or the or the amount that they put in of the of the fluorescent material. Because I, 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 I would say the fluorescent material has gotten better. Um, so maybe, yeah, there's some secret mixture, secret sauce mixture there. But I, but I mean, as far as its purpose, though, it doesn't glow like a dive watch after you come in from the sun. It certainly doesn't glow like that. But for its purpose, to be able to see what time it is in the dead of night at three o'clock in the morning when there's absolutely no lights and the the watch hasn't seen the sun for 12 hours, you can still read the time? It's when it's your, your eyes have really adjusted. Right. Um, right. And I did look that... Marathon will replace the dial and hands on it. I think it works at $160. I probably won't do it on this one. It's funny, they put the parts on the website and I was kind of adding it up. I was thinking, you won't be able to buy them separately, of course, but if you bought them separately, it would be less than what they sell the watch for. Anyway, I know the watch has got a guarantee. The sum of its parts, yeah. Yeah, the sum of its parts, Dale. But, you know, like for to to replace it for $160, I mean, like time and labor, like labor and parts, Parts and labor, should I say? That's uh, you can't get new tires put on your car for one hundred sixty dollars. Well, exactly, and I'm sure there's a little caveat in there where you have to pay for the full service, which is one hundred and seventy-five. I'm sure they would they would tack that. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I'm so then, I don't know. I, yeah, I actually okay. emailed them about yeah. servicing it. Okay, so we'll okay. report back well, yeah, soon. Find out. Find out. Well, okay. Well, we did we did a wristwatch check. Yeah, should yeah. We What's dive your, uh, in with the uh, yeah? Well, you want to do your watch? You want to do your watch obsession, and we'll do mine. Oh, well, it's, okay. It's we're, just, we're new in video, and now we're gonna be uh, we're gonna mix it up a little bit. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. We're just yeah, absolutely. Stuff up. Well, my <laughs> watch obsession has been the Veya dive watch that I reviewed on the channel probably four or five months ago, the D seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they finally got the production models going, and they sent me one of the D fives. Oh, in production, which I wasn't expecting, but oh, wow. extremely grateful. I don't know if you can see; it's got what oh, they call cool. a tropical dial. Now, I've right. never really seen this before, but you can see how it's got the outer ring. I'll throw up a picture for mm-hmm. video viewers, but for the audio viewers, essentially, it's a dial, but it has a really thick outer ring. I've never seen a dial like it, and it's got a roulette date on it, and it, it sort of looks a bit like a roulette wheel. You can't quite imagine what it's like. You can see it on the on the website, but when you get it in person, it shocks you to start with because you're like, oh, that really is unusual for a dial. Mm. I'm actually really liking, I'm really liking it. Nice. So they sent me this. They sent me the metal strap with it. But what I thought was really interesting is they've, they've stepped up. The, I, normally, I don't talk about the boxes, but 
you've got the standard Veya box. Right. But inside it, instead of the foam cutouts, they've done something which I think is very Apple-esque, where okay. they've got the two boxes, but with the picture. So you've got one box that's oh, got nice. a picture of the watch on to show you the okay. watches in there. The other one with yep. the strap to show you the straps in there. the straps in there. And then they kind of <laughs> pull out, and each of these are then their own individual their own okay. individual box, which I yeah. thought... It just it's kind of, yeah, and it's kind of all made of cardboard, so a little more exactly. responsible, yeah. which is and good. I think because it's the first production one I've got, I didn't realize that you get like the warranty card with it that's signed and like a nice instruction manual and stuff. So I, I'm I'm just so grateful to them for... I, I was glad to do my bit and I wasn't really expecting a watch in exchange, but I'm extremely grateful to Ryan and Reagan for sending me. It's The production model just lives up to... Um, the prototype that I that I had, yeah. especially the the case and everything, they've just, they've just done an excellent job of this. So that's great. There's my uh, watch obsession. obsession. Is a watch that I own, which oh, might nice. be the first time that I've done that. No, I no we no there was I yeah I think no I think you've done that before. <laughs> we'll have to go back again. Hit us up in the comments. Tell us tell us when Sam was obsessed with his Breitling because that's never happened. Yeah, there's again. no prize. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there is. Maybe I'll send you a watch strap. Maybe there's one. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so my watch obsession this week is a, uh, it's not really a watch obsession. It's a clock obsession. Oh. Does that count? You're going to allow that? I will. I will. <laughs> All right. All right. Time obsession. A time obsession. So I had a hourly chime that I used to have on my computer that would just, uh, which is basically chime every hour. And um, uh, you're familiar with uh, Peter Gabriel's uh, S- Sledgehammer? Oh, yeah. One of the best music videos ever. In the beginning, that little pan flute that's like, right? So that's what it was. So that's, so it just chimes every hour. And I wanted to make it so that it was kind of in the room and it was like on a little speaker. And I was thinking like, oh, I could, I could make a, I could make a real time clock connected to an Arduino, connected to a thing and a speaker and what kind of went around and around and like thinking about like how I was going to build this. And it just so happened that I had a free Google Home Mini and the Google Home Mini has a speaker in it and a little amplifier and some other electronics that connect over the internet. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll program that to do an hourly chime. Unfortunately, that led me into a whole long tangent of programming where you can't change the programming on it. And Google doesn't really want you to directly access the hardware. They, they want you to use their like voice control stuff. Like they assume that the reason why you would program something with a mini is like to, to hear you say something or like a special command, like, you know, you know, I'm home or, you know, like uh, shields up or, you know, silly, silly stuff like that. But as far as like directly controlling the hardware, I went around and around and then I, and then I looked, I had a bunch of friends who were like, oh, well maybe you could, you could make it so that it like, that it, that it like ran a, a program every hour. And so I looked into that and unfortunately uh, it, it will do this, but you have to program it 24 times. You have to make 24 little macros oh, to just try wow. and I'm just like, oh, this is, this is way too complicated for, again, a speaker and some sort of computer reading a sound file every hour. Long story short, got that Google Home Mini for free. So I just gutted it. I just took all the electronics out of it. (laughs) And it has a speaker in it. So I utilized the speaker and I did a 3D printed enclosure um, and then incorporated a real-time clock connected to an Arduino and a little amplifier. And now I get the 
Peter Gabriel chime, which will chime in about six minutes here. Wow. Uh, and uh, every hour. Now, the reason why it's one of those obsessions was you had asked me last week, like what your watch obsession was. And I had this thing strewn apart my, like across my workbench. And I was like, I can't, I can't even talk about this yet, let alone is it even an obsession, watch obsession. Uh, so here's a, uh, I'll show you a picture. So there's the, uh, there's the final product. So that's, uh, half of a, uh, well, it's basically a Google home mini, but split in half. I added a ring, a, a plastic, uh, ring here, okay. 3d printed just to give it some more space. So I can pop some more electronics in there. Wow. It has a real time clock built in. It synchronizes with my computer and to bring us back around and I found this is the is the interesting interesting part of all of this. Everybody says, "Oh, computers are really accurate. Clocks and time, you know, real time clocks are super accurate." Uh, two seconds a day. It's two seconds a day slow. Oh, really? So <laughs> yeah, the little quartz oscillator in it, because of I think maybe because of the way it's hooked up to the backup battery, so it has a little three volt cell battery in it to to have backup power. And this is not like a this is not like mission critical hardware, so it's not like thermal compensated or anything. And I think it has, uh, it gets affected by the power that, it, that you know, whatever I'm plugged into right. the USB okay. power to bring this around to, you know, listen to it chime and then look down at my mechanical watch and be like, oh, oh, interesting. You're, you're slow. <laughs> of course, the question that I've got with this is. Yes. Please, when you tell me that when you were taking that Google thing apart, it was like, no. Don't do it, please. <laughs> I think, I, yes, right, right. Yeah, no, there was, there was, uh, I got to, uh, let me, let Why? me pull up the, yeah, here's the, um, here's the pick. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, you definitely, uh, you definitely murdered it. And this, everyone is how the robot overlords captured us after Chris killed one of their babies. I know, right. Okay. Well, now that we are in glorious video, I think we need to properly segment the show up. So I think we need to segment the news up, which I, we're, I think we'll start off calling it This Week in Watches. But if anybody's got a better yeah. name, let us know. Yeah. Hit us, up in the, hit, us, hit us up in the comments. Yeah. So it'll be This Week in Watches, this the week news watches. with Chris and okay. Sam, who will be your pair of watch anchors is it gonna be the uh you're gonna do the like you know you like a graphic or you're just gonna hit the chapter mark on that it? might be a lot of pressure if there's a graphic here then i did it and if there's no okay. graphic here then <laughs> i ran out of time that's right choo, choo, choo. this weekend watches this weekend wa- yeah hey, thank you chris just sung you there go there you go all right we're right. done <laughs> it was actually a, a light-ish week now if anybody this this is probably no secret and if i've made it a secret then it doesn't need to be a secret but i get a lot of the stories for the watch news from watch pro because i feel like they do a really good job of collecting the news but one thing that they have fallen short on this week i think is they've redesigned their web page mm. and i just i don't get it it's like gone back to the 1990s or something it feels like somebody accidentally picked the default uh wordpress theme that like that like 2012 wordpress theme that was just white you know white background menu on top and then like stuff on the left and then the uh and then the bar on the right (laughs) yeah i I don't super super basic i'm not i'm not feeling this at all but anyway let's let's kick the news off so something i found really interesting i don't know if this 
made the news a lot in California, but it certainly made the news here in Florida a few times, is because they lived in Miami. But Phil Collins, who a few people have drawn a likeness from me in my... Uh, Phil Collins in his younger days and me, which, anyway, I, I, it, it, there's, there's worse things I you can be compared that. to. I can see um, that. <laughs> you know, he's, he's some absolute fantastic music. Phil Collins, one of my mm. favourite music writers. But it seems like whilst he's been doing his stellar efforts uh, writing these hits, his wife or ex-wife now, um, ah. I think he married her twice. I feel like he married her twice. But anyway, uh, she then married somebody else. I don't know if you heard this. She, they, she married somebody else and mm-hmm. moved this new chap into their home in Miami, which was this like epic $40 million house or something in Miami. Anyway, yeah. he managed to get her... Oh, yeah, here we go, 40 million Miami Mount Mansion. He managed to get a divorce from her and, and won an injunction to kick, kick her out of the house. So she moved out, but, boy, did she... Um, she went out with a bang. So she is selling off or sold off a lot of her stuff. And some, uh. of, it, some of it's a bit sad, actually, because some of it's his music memorabilia, so a few gold records and oh, things like that that he okay. had. I, then I wonder, was, was that all settled? Like, is this stuff all settled in court? Like, is she selling stuff that she shouldn't be? <laughs> well, I think this was stuff that, uh, that he gave her, but okay. she's a jewelry designer. Now, I can't give her too much of a hard time here because I will say that half of the money that she's raised is going to her charity. So I I can't give her too much hard time here for selling off Phil Collins' possessions. But she sold off some of her own stuff. And I give her one thing. She's got fantastic taste in watches if you were rich. So she's got a bit of like, (laughs) she's got a few kind of rich paint by numbers watches, but she's got a really impressive collection. So... For, for people on the video uh, that you're looking here, you can see she had a rose gold Daytona that she sold. She's mm-hmm. had a gold Daytona. Mm-hmm. Um, then she had a nor- the Nautilus at the Aquanaut. And then she had the Nautilus with the moon yeah. phase, the date and small seconds. Good, good time to sell those. Unbelievable. Peak. <laughs> Peak right there. <laughs> so they've got a couple on Watch Pro, but if you click through to the the website where the mm-hmm. actual auctions happened i mean there's there's all sorts going on here the jewelry oh, that she a lot had of jewelry was, yeah, yeah a lot handbags. of handbags yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah it's just an interesting story that she i mean spot on she sold right for the patek philip philip right? but, but she had yeah. quite an impressive uh, watch collection going on there so every time you hear a a phil collins hit like in the air tonight or whatever which i think he wrote about his first wife running off but anyway Hmm. Uh, now you can where all that money went was into watches so next story is and this is from watch pro but i'm confused with what the story is essentially it the gist of it is that ebay notches up double digit growth in luxury watches uh, as transactions top 100 billion now when i read into it i don't think there's 100 billion in watches but they have increased their and they think it's down to that authenticity guarantee Oh yeah, yeah. I would, I, I would, I would say so. I'd say so. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to experience it, but I, I didn't. I haven't yet, haven't yet experienced it. But I, you know, I, I think, um, I think it really opened the door for them to, to say, uh, you know, a- any of the, any of the problems that you might have, uh, buying, selling on eBay, um, they, they took a lot of that away with that, with that program. Um, 
And so, and it's about, it's about making customers feel comfortable. Um, and that was basically uh, the, I, I'm surprised because it added some friction, you know, so like your, your expensive watch is going off to a third party, um, before going off to the person. So you're adding some days there where it's in transit, you're adding some hands and like whenever you have, you know, whenever you have a third party situation, no matter what, like you know, you're bound to have some, some trouble. Uh, so I I was a little skeptical of it, but apparently that was the big, you know, the big thing that was getting everybody's way, uh, from buying and selling on eBay was this, you know, was the, was the thought that like, maybe you, maybe you're buying a counterfeit. Now I'm sure buried in the terms of service is, you know, their, their authentication is very, you know, is very strict, but, I, I would not be surprised if it's not airtight, but yeah. at the same time, just just enough so that it gets people sort of you know comfortable in in trying to do that. And then and then any seller, any uh, forger seller uh, who would try to pass off an illicit uh, watch uh, would maybe think twice. And so yeah. that maybe it's just a mental if, you know, like we're going we're going to open those up and take a look. And so maybe that's just enough where those people, those uh, nefarious folks avoid eBay. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, there's like that initial deterrent that they think, well, this might go off. But we, we've talked about this before and we've got no evidence to back this up. But we talked about do they even go down to the parts level, especially with like vintage Seiko and stuff like that, where there's right. You've got right. to be careful of the dial and the hands. But interesting, yeah. this is, I feel like this is bittersweet because they, you, I'm glad that eBay are doing well, but I, there's never a day when I've sold something on eBay and I'm amazed at what little they took in fees. I'm always shocked by <laughs> right. how much the fees right. end up turning out. Right. At. Yep. Mm hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I just, just felt that one. I left. I I left enough in my PayPal account to pay for it, and I did the math quick. There's a site, there's a good site that's like, what are you going to pay in fees? <laughs> and so I did the, I did the math on it, and I was like, whew, geez. And I looked at what was in my my PayPal account. I had like thirty dollars in it, and I was like, ah, yeah, I'm going to need to leave like a uh, hundred and sixty-seven dollars in there. <laughs> so it was like, that's an annoying thing with PayPal, yeah. where when if you have to refund somebody quickly, yeah, if you've already paid the postage. They right. won't let you refund funds that aren't... They won't pull the refund. So I've been in a couple of situations where I've paid the postage and then the guy's been like, something's happened where I've had to refund the, yeah. the whole amount, cancel yeah. it. But you can't you can't refund the whole amount because the whole amount isn't in there because you paid the postage out of the paper. Right. It says, oh, you can only refund with cleared funds. Right. I don't yeah, know when they it, changed that. Yeah, and then it well, uh so two things uh then what they do is uh if you have an automatic so I have I have an automatic transfer which is like bur- it's buried and you PayPal but you can do like an automatic transfer so that you don't have any funds in your PayPal account it just automatically slides to your checking account. Um they bury that feature on purpose cuz they want you to keep a balance in PayPal. They want the money there. Uh well, if you do that what happens is if you go to refund them on eBay, it's it like gives you an error. It doesn't even like explain what the problem is. It's just like, oh, yeah, you can't do that. And you're like, what, yeah. what are you talking about? Even though your PayPal is set up to transfer funds automatically, like if you were to buy something, 
it has no problem like if you buy something it'll it'll tell paypal like yeah go ahead and move money from chris's checking account over to the to the ebay whatever and then the second big one that i've seen uh ebay wants to become their own bank so ebay has already started uh forcing sellers into uh their direct transactions so pretty soon uh started uh, this year uh pretty soon if you pay a company on ebay the money goes directly through ebay to their checking account wow paypal is not involved and is not a credit card processor in this case because ebay wants the ebay wants to be a bank and they want and they and they realize that probably you know whatever three 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 in three out percent of all of their transactions are going to paypal and so they just they're going to put a stop to that i have to stop thinking about it because it does annoy me but i do need (laughs) ebay it's it's weird but anyway Mm, um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so last story here before we pause for a a quick break for our audio listeners and this one's a bit funny so this is Hodinky, and chris and i have talked about the ben roos type one limited edition which is the recreation of their their i i always refer to it as a cia watch but it's that um you know it's the the ben roos i always refer to it as the cia watch but it's that very simple military watch offset yeah. crown a bit like the marathon navigator and Ben Roos re-released it this year, and they teased it absolutely mm-hmm. nauseating. This was on on yeah on social media. God, they teased it for months and months <laughs> and months, and then by the end of it, I don't think anybody was that interested in it. And it's right. what's funny about this is I'll get your view on this, Chris. Is a it was a limited edition on Houdinki that's not sold out. Oh, wow, surprising. And so then there's an article that appears, and they've been selling it for, what would you say, Chris, like three, four months? It was before yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, at least before Christmas we've been talking about this, yeah. So apparently um, there's a, a writer on Houdinki called Jack Forrester, mm-hmm. or Forrester. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote an article on it, and apparently I'm, I read Houdinki, but I'm not cognizant enough to know who's writing it, but apparently... When he writes an article and he's on form, the readers of Odinki just absolutely love it. So yeah. they pulled out the big guns and he's ah. written an article on this watch, which I think is hilarious because oh, yeah. why would they? It's a limited edition watch. I bet they're surprised it's not sold yeah. out. But apparently his writing is so good that there was a comment in the uh, in the comments below that said, I love uh, Jack's work because he makes me nostalgic for a history that I haven't had. <laughs> Which I just thought was like the greatest yeah. comment. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's kind of I mean that's that's the you know that's Houdinki in a, a nutshell. I mean that's their that's what they do. That's what they're known for. That's kind of what they they've done. That that bringing forth that nostalgia but yeah nostalgia that i haven't even experienced <laughs> yeah, i suppose that's like a, a metaphor for watch collecting in general isn't it it's like oh, right. i'm a really precision diver but i haven't i'm not actually i've ever been a commercial right, diver. Yeah, not right not dive certified but like you go in the say yeah you go in the uh you go in the forums and it's like this isn't an iso certified diver it's crap and you're like right but also are you <laughs> yeah it's so yeah. funny but I, I thought i just thought the whole article yeah. was hilarious in the fact that yeah. They're clearly, maybe they're a little bit worried about this Ben Roos. And there's a few people who opened this watch in the comments that had a few yeah. n- not 
not the nicest, not not bad things to say about it, but I think a few people might have regretted their purchase. But read yeah. the comments. That's their yeah. view, not my view. He even says whatever. it. I'm looking at the screen. He even says, like, you can get a hell of a lot else elsewhere for $16.95. I'm like, yeah, you kind of can. I, I do love the bezel on that, but I love the bezel with the the twenty the twelve hour bezel with the hash marks for the diving. I I super like that look enough to find it on a Seiko mod and put it on some like you know SKX or Turtle or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like that's as, that's as far as that's as far as the watch obsession with that watch goes. But uh, but yeah, that's a funny uh, cool funny scenario that we've been kind of we've been kind of watching. So we're you know a little bit of insight into the hodinky mind before we dive into our main subject we'll just pause for the audio listeners i've not worked out to do this on video yet but we'll just pause for a very quick ad break hey it's chris from the casual watch talk podcast as our longtime listeners know we often talk about cars here on the pod and that's no coincidence like a lot of mechanical watch lovers we're both into cars and racing a couple years ago i curated a collection of automotive inspired straps and started the camping auto club camping auto club watch straps celebrate the rich history of automotive liveries with their inspired colors. Available in a single-pass NATO, two-piece, and our new super-comfy elastic NATO. Check out Campionato Club on the web. That's championship in Italian, C-A-M-P-I-O-N-A-T-O dot club. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. So, Chris, I think you've got a couple of interesting topics for our the main part of the show. Yeah. So do you want to do you want to kick us off? I'm interested in this one as well. Yeah. Well, we can start. Uh, let's start off with uh, Everyday Carry. And I can kind of, I can kind of talk about it, but we, I've mentioned it on the channel here a couple of times and obviously not, not frequently. We haven't really gotten into it. Um, but one of the things that I noticed, uh, recently is I'm seeing a lot more mechanical watches in that group. Everyday carry, I think is, is it a newish phenomenon? Do you, I think you should explain what it is for people that perhaps aren't familiar with that. I don't even know if it's a UK thing, but. Yeah, yeah, if you ex- just explain it for. Uh, I think it's been around. I mean, it's been around for a while. I I want to say, in in some form or n- another. I don't I don't know how long. Uh, one of their main one of the sort of the main sites that popularized it, literally called EverydayCarry.com. I, I'm not sure when they started, but yeah, say you know maybe ten ten or so years, maybe maybe more, maybe less. For an overview, it's being prepared and being ready for anything, but also sort of a a look into your world as, you know, what you carry with you every day, what, what are the tools that are getting you through the day, these sorts of things. And I think it on a couple of levels, uh, so you could maybe look at it as like preparedness, um, sort of prepared for any situation, kind of the Boy Scout motto. Um, you could look at it as, a um, you know uh, what tools of the trade for a particular job so it's very fascinating to me when i see uh like emts and you know uh medical pilots and you know stuff like what what's in their pocket you know like what what do they have on them so when they you know when they touch down that they're you know ready to do the job kind of thing we talk about this all the time with tool watches um and then finally the uh almost the design and fun and fashion aspect of everyday carry. So, so I notice, uh, we have, uh, there's a, 
um, it's like a, there's like a combo, you know, so like a combination, uh, hashtag I see a lot on Instagram where folks will get the blue dialed watch, the blue Swiss army knife, the blue, uh, you know, fidget spinner, the blue lighter, the, you know, the blue handled knife, these sorts of things, uh, to sort of color coordinate, you know, like, Hey, we're not, you know, it's not just black and gray camo tactical stuff. It's, you know, we're, we're starting to, as a fashion item for men and, you know, it goes along like be, you know, uh, bracelets again, you know, bracelets, watches, keys, things like this. What's, what's kind of, you know, what's on your person, that kind of stuff. So in those like three levels, I'd say that's kind of it. I think it started with, um, I think here in the United States, it's associated with, um, carrying a pistol sometimes, and in some states, concealed carry is totally a thing. I think that gets blown out of proportion uh, when when it's kind of on the internet. And, you know, you'll see this on certain forums where, you know, folks from Japan or or Britain or, you know, or Europe would be like, wait, you're walking around with a, with a pistol on your hip, you know. Uh, yeah, in rural Texas, okay. Um, not here in Orange County. California and not, you know, that's not a, but I think what happens is a little sensationalized. Um, uh, so for like a carry thing, uh, also a lot of times with knives. So, you know, again, there are, you know, some places where knife crime is, is a thing and people don't want to be associated with that. And I totally get it. Um, I, as a boy scout have, uh, had my totem chip since I was a little kid. And so I'm, I'm comfortable with, and I know how to handle a sharp knife and I use it to open boxes and, etc stuff every day uh but again this is not you know not necessarily part of it but uh yeah it's kind of like a background of it and uh i really like it because i you know i'm i'm definitely keyed into one or two of those aspects again like i said uh what it you know what what tools of the trade people are carrying you know sort of like interesting um you know stuff like that so uh i'll start Sam, let's let's see what your what your everyday carry is. What do you got on you all the time? I'd never really thought about it. So we said we were going to do this seg- segment. So I'm definitely the newbie here for anyone that's listening. Um, and I think I only really when you mention it to me, I mean, I definitely I don't know if this is right, but I've definitely always have my phone on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So totally fine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I always have the uh, iPhone 11 on there if anybody's okay. interested. Yeah. Um, I have a watch, obviously. So I've got. Yep the marathon on now but i always wear i always wear a watch i don't sleep in a watch which i think i think that's weird but uh, sorry for anyone that does sleep in a watch but um i don't sleep in a watch i I don't either but i know people that don't shower with a watch and i have no problem with that because yeah it's it's designed for it and i just (laughs) yeah i don't i don't shower with it although yeah yeah no i I don't but i I wouldn't have a problem with that either yeah it's a weird line there i have my wallet and okay I don't necessarily always take my keys now. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I moved into a new apartment where they have it's a, a card pass to get into the door, so like a hotel. Oh, okay. And it's dead funny because they say if you lock yourself out, the door closes itself and you can't get in. You have to get them to get you in. So apparently they'll do it one time, but if you if you do it a second time, lock yourself mm-hmm. out, they'll charge you $200. Oh, jeez. I know, to unlock the door. And I was thinking to myself, 
that's a bit naughty because it's not convenient for me to have a card. It's convenient for them because if a tenant right. moves out, they can switch they the locks. Just, they so they should right. open it for free, shouldn't they? Because yeah, it's not it's I mean, not convenient for me to have yeah. it as a card. I could just have it yeah. on my keys. But anyway. Yeah. So um, I, I, when I do have my keys, it's just my car key now. So it's a, a mini okay. Clubman 2011. Love, my, love yeah. my mini Clubman. Yeah. But the only tool that I have other than my watch is... Uh, like a Leatherman wave, which I don't carry Perfect. all the time, but yeah, I don't carry it out the house. But when I'm in the house, I always wear it. These are as a as a fan of the everyday carry community. That's one of the top. It's one of the top multi tools. I mean, the Leatherman wave is is almost I would say like a standard issue multi tool. Do, do everything. It's super popular. Yeah, I, I I like it. I like it a lot. But as we've been moving to an apartment, I didn't we were shipping some stuff over so this is the only tool i had the only problem is if you try and use this a lot for a screwdriver it isn't that comfortable to use right. it like consistently yeah. as a screwdriver yeah, because right. the right. blades kind of protrude out the side so mm-hmm. you end up really like it yeah. does end up hurting your hand it's yeah. it doesn't replace i think it's right. the screwdrivers in a pinch but the pliers use all the time the knife yep. i use all the time the yep. serrated knife is is spot on so yeah that's yeah. my i guess that's yeah. my everyday carry yeah cool very cool yeah so i have um mine is i have a uh, small set of keys i like minimal keys uh i won't uh you know, a little carabiner kind of minimal keys and i've got some it stuff um like i like to use a uh, yubikey um okay. and uh, another like i love the ima key the usb uh keys uh for storing so it's one of those a password an encrypted password yeah exactly that's exactly what it is so this is a so this is a um two-factor authentication key um so it's a google thing mm because is that one where google tried it and like 100 percent they couldn't hack it or something it was like ridiculously high google has one uh that they made specially for them uh, and then this this one also uses uh, works with their with their stuff um, so that you can you can set it as a as a two factor. So basically it has a microchip in it and and it just it responds to a known uh, cryptographic signal. Um, and if it doesn't respond correctly, then you're not getting in. Uh, it uses Google so. Authenticator, does it? The app? Uh, yeah, it works with it. It works with it. It's a it's a series of uh, technologies that that work with it. I off the top of my head, I don't know which the the like FIDO technology that uh, that it uses, but uh, yeah, it uses for like a physical hardware key, which is cool. Um, so then, yeah, it also has passwords that it 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 manages uh, a password manager. So then I basically use that. And it's interesting to get people used to that because um, what, you, what you have to do is you just be like, you know, they're like, oh, if I'm going to lose this. And you're like, you put it on your keychain. It's waterproof. It's like static proof. It's life proof. I've had one for probably 10 years now. And if you lose your keys, what do you do? You go and you have to rekey your car and you have to, you know, tell the, tell the place that you're going to pay $200 because you got locked out of your apartment or whatever. Uh, And then you go and you reset your, your passwords and, and, you know, change everything like that because you've lost your keys. It's the same functions. You just kind of have to mentally like get into that. So um, for keys Uh, wallet, I usually have a, uh, you know, zippered wallet, nothing, not, not too fancy, but I've right now I've got a, uh, like a little trifold, it's not not too excited that that doesn't really do anything for me but um i started carrying a flashlight so i've got a uh what is this the lumen top 
uh, and I'll get the uh, if I can if I can read the if I could read the thing in the in the studio lighting that we've got the RR two O, um, and is interesting. I saw that a lot of people were were everyday carrying flashlights, and I thought, you know, am I going to carry a flashlight every day? Like this is, but again, I'm an IT guy, and I thought about it and i was like all right yeah sometimes it's nice when you're in the back of the server room and da, 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 da. and two weeks after i started carrying it this is like 10 years ago uh i was in the server room and the lights went out and the power went out and i was i was just stuck there in like the middle of the server room in the dark and i was like oh i have a flashlight on me he's like, all right nice and so that worked out like magic and so i've been every day carrying a uh, flashlight ever since um and then i yeah my granddad used to love torches that was his thing like he oh, right, would yeah, always torches. have a like he had to have a torch like it, it, it in hand somewhere it was just like his thing i think and uh finally is my um i have a benchmade uh bug out which is uh just a folder oh right okay I, I so it's a knife yeah, a folding knife. knife folding the folding knife is it locking um, locking blade or yeah yeah so locks and it's got the uh it's got the nice smooth action they have a special i uh, forget what their glide lock system their slide lock system there that locks it out is there um, a knife in the uk i believe it's less than six inches is is le- is legal or there's a certain is there, i don't know if there's anything like that in america is there? i mean obviously yeah we've got a big boy yeah very so there it varies it varies by state but basically a pocket folding knife, something that folds is typically is, is not, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how, you know, it, it does matter how it opens. So it has to be like, a, you know, it has to, some, it can't be like a switchblade that just oh, press okay. a button and the knife comes out and it's a double edged. That's, that's no good. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of esoteric rules about it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can remember when, um, you know the the TSA crackdown and all that. I mean, I, I you know, I, I I find it a pain that I have to store all this stuff in in luggage and then have to put it back on. So it's like it's this weird moment where I'm like, I'll be in the airport and I just want like a like a, I have a Leatherman as well, and you just want like a pair of pliers or something. Like I had a zipper pull like come off my backpack, and you're like, oh, let me just grab my Oh, I can't have that on me. So, so yeah. So, I mean, various definitions of like what's what's safe, what's dangerous. But uh, like I said, knives are. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I, I have that when I travel for work. I, I do a job where I might have to. I mean, I'm not in a technical role, but I might have to lend a hand. And you're right. Sometimes you're like, oh god, I wish I had like a Leatherman or a pair of pliers or something. Yeah, just yeah, just something to get the job done. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's. That's kind of an overview. And then to, to bring it around, um, I have noticed, and then I'll share, um, I have been noticing, and I'm sure others have as well, uh, that a lot of everyday, this is everydaycarry.com. Okay. Cool. Um, I, I suppose it's more catchy than Pocket Pals. Might, <laughs> might be. Yeah. There's, a, there's another one on uh, Instagram, like uh, the, the pocket dump hashtag. And every time I type that, I'm just like, that doesn't sound good. No, that doesn't sound like <laughs> you definitely don't want that yeah, in my pocket. Hey, guys, check out my pocket dump. And you're like, oh, God. Uh, so 
you know, they're talking about wallets. They have a section just for watches. But I mean, boom, right here, staff oh, pick, yeah. right there, Seiko. Um, so they that what they'll do. This site is uh, basically funded on um, th- th- people load their what they have uh, oh, into the system. And yeah, and they do affiliate links. So I'm sure they're making they're making a, a bunch of money on affiliate links for buying this. But what it also shows is sort of what the hot gear is um, these days. And and like I said, you know, there's uh, SKX. Wow, there's, there's there's a lot of SKXs there as well, and also a yeah. lot of Burt's Bees chapstick for our yeah. audio viewers <laughs> yeah, uh, that can't I mean, see this, for yeah, our audio yeah. listeners that can't see yeah. it. And so, I mean, uh, yeah, just something to point out. I mean, like over on uh, their section on watches, I mean, you definitely see um, Casio, Garmin, Timex, uh, Boulder. Um, I suppose that shows that more people are maybe starting to wear watches again. I think, yeah, that's uh, that's why I brought it up. I think so. And and you and I'm starting to see uh, some of those uh, really affordable, like. Yeah, the Duro, right, really affordable, but like, you know, get it done kind of thing. Like, just, I just want to buy, like, Luminox, there's the the Navy SEAL one that we've talked about. Yeah, I like that Luminox one. Um, here's, your, here's your best best tactical watches. No, there's the Sun the Sunto watch that Chris said, uh, he says he sees more of those on military personnel than yeah. anything else was that Sunto. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I just wanted to, like I said, just want to bring attention to it. I think uh, I'm seeing more and more, um, you know, here's the, the SNZ, the, uh, the 55 Fathoms uh, Seiko 5. Um, seeing more and more of that in, um, in, my, in my circles of uh, everyday carry. Wanted to see also, uh, you know, if you guys are, uh, if the, the listeners or the viewers are, an everyday carry person and and sort of in the community uh yeah Ch- chime in and uh hit, hit us up in the comments and and let us yeah, know yeah head on over to casual watch talk facebook group and throw a picture on there yeah where yeah, we'd love sure. to see it and then if you want us to make this a, a regular a regular section or a spin-off on the old ec edc gear sorry that's or right. pocket pals uh, no that's <laughs> not gonna catch on i, I might yes. try and make it catch on yes yes <laughs> yeah pocket bells no well that's been oh. a really fascinating uh podcast this week so everyone well thanks for listening and thanks for watching yeah chris that was really interesting about the edc maybe i need to think about it a little bit more and maybe there is more that I carry so um, anyway guys as always we really appreciate you listening and watching now of course and we'll see you next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye